It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Security threats are everywhere. But with Xfinity XFi, you're notified of threats to your in-home Wi-Fi network, so all your connected devices are protected. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, ask about enhanced security for safer browsing and more. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. Uncensored, unfiltered, uncut. You are listening to Just Thinking with the one and only Stan Wangland. Hey 
Hey everybody, this is Stan Wanglin and welcome to Just Thinking. How the heck are you doing today? Wherever you are in the world, whatever time of the day that it is, whatever your life circumstances are, my goodness gracious, I hope that things are going well. And if they're not, have some faith, have some belief that things will change for the better. And uh, I hope they will. And I know you hope they will. You know, I had an inter interesting um, a topic for today's uh, Just Thinking. Uh, you know, um, it was my anniversary today, uh, my wedding anniversary. And I was thinking how blessed I was to have a wonderful wife, a wonderful family, uh, you know, very caring and, and, and very lovely friends. And, and particularly my animals, which I love and adore. You know, I have... Uh, you know, pretty interesting life and everything else like that. I'm very satisfied with things and I, I you know, I feel very happy in general. You know, there's, there's some things that uh, I might like to do a, a little bit differently or, uh, you know, I always have plans to make some changes to, you know, with certain things, but uh, I, I feel pretty good about things. And I feel very fortunate with that, that I get to, uh, that I get to have input into my life and have a, you know, a, a good time. Uh, you know, to do uh, things of value to, to me and to other people. But I was looking, you know, uh, at uh, some articles uh, online as I was uh, researching uh, different things for different shows, including this one. And uh, it just kind of tied into the meeting the president had the other day with the uh, leader of Finland, where he said, you know, the people in Finland are very, very happy and blah, 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 blah. And here is the news that uh, one in 10 people in Denmark, I guess, which, you know, is, I guess, rated the number one happy country, or maybe Finland was, but I mean, Denmark is right up there. If it's not number one, it's got to be number two. One in 10 people, uh, you know, in Denmark uh, feels very lonely. And uh, I started looking at that and saying, my goodness gracious, that's 10%. That's a, that's a very high, uh, you know, rate of loneliness. And loneliness is a terrible thing. Uh, you know, obviously it uh, has lots of uh, negative effects on people. And it's uh, also a very normal thing. People, you know, have, uh, they feel lonely at different parts of their life, but, uh, you know, in this very, uh, very, very supposedly happy country, you, you have uh, a very significant number of people who just don't feel, you know, kind of anxious or depressed or, you know, mildly lonely. They feel very lonely and all the time. And I started looking at the articles and they were talking about the fact that this is kind of like, uh, you know, loneliness has always been there, of course, but it's become, uh, you know, not a novel thing, but kind of, uh, you know, governments everywhere are waking up and looking at the prevalence and the cost of loneliness because people who are lonely, you know, have more heart disease, more dementia, more mental health problems, more problems at work, whatever it is. It's very, you know, costly and who even wants to go there? But, um, you know, it has a lot of negative spinoffs. And, and then I'm looking at, you know, you look at all the divisiveness in our country or you have all the shit going on in Hong Kong or other countries, uh, you know, in Russia and all over the world. I mean, people are fighting. You, you think, how the hell could you possibly be lonely? But uh, yet they are. And um, one of the things that I saw is it was um, a, a recent study, a reputable study. It showed that 22% of Americans, 23% of, uh, of, of people in, uh, you know, in Britain, and 9% of Japanese adults said they felt lonely all of the time. And, um, you know, the BBC 
uh, did a survey where they asked 55,000 people about their experiences with loneliness, and 33% of the respondents said they were often or very often lonely. And then when you get to this uh, figure of people between the ages of 16 and 24, according to this article, the figure was almost 40%. That's shocking. You know, United States uh, Surgeon Generals in the past have said that, you know, again, that loneliness is uh, very dangerous because it has uh, real links with social problems like addiction and violence. And, you know, look at all the tribalism and all the other things that we have. Uh, you know, those things where people, you know, withdraw from mainstream society and get into, you know, like uh, these very uh, uh, fixed, you know, uh, ideas about things. And as I said, you know, that people who are very lone, there's lonely, have a, a real big association with illnesses, things like heart disease, dementia, depression, anxiety, and longevity, the actual length of their life. Uh, one study shows that if you're lonely, uh, you know, on a, on a chronic basis, that's, it's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Now, how anybody comes up with that, I have no idea, but think of that, that's almost a pack of smokes a day. And it's, it's predictive of an early death, more than the effects of uh, air pollution or physical activity, you know? So what are people doing? In, in Denmark, one of the things that they, they're looking to do is not medicate people or, you know, uh, do any of those kinds of things. They're looking to, t they're telling people to find a common purpose with things. And in groups, they get volunteers or they work with people through a helpline who are alone, who are lonely and they get them involved in doing things in meeting, uh, you know, and they have support groups. They were talking about one that's called Bright Point. But um, the idea is that those weren't very successful just to have people to meet. They have to have something to do. So they uh, get the idea of introducing games and things like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, with meals and then exercising and all of these things uh, proved to be very uh, good. So people got together, but then they had to have something to do. And, uh, you know, as they started talking in the game, it was like an icebreaker. The game meant, you know, led to people having meals. Meals had to, you know, to do with people exercising. Almost like, for many of us of my age, like when you were a kid in the 50s and 60s, or I'm sure people if they're older than me, you know, in the 40s or whatever, in the days before all the social media and, uh, you know, chronic cell phones and internet and everything else, when people actually interacted with one another when they sat down for a meal and had a good time when they got together with their family and friends and they did things and uh you know they played games or they they did uh, you know other kinds of things with one another and uh, they opened up to one another <clears throat> now my point is when you look at the way that uh many of us and you know many people act today i see that with my students when you you know when they describe things in their life their this you know their um their experiences in college and high school and whatever i can, you know can remember i mean people would always be lonely sometimes in high school they could be ostracized they may not be the most popular person in class they might be bullied whatever it is but people generally cope with that found some degree of friends uh, in school and became, you know, parts of different kinds of activities. Some people were loners and, uh, you know, maybe got into other things. But today, it seems that uh, a lot of people really don't have a clue what, you know, in any kind of a way, 
of how to cope with that. And I guess the part that I'm, uh, you know, would really like to discuss with this loneliness idea is what's missing is teaching people from early childhood on and constantly going over that, you know, yourself as you become an, an adult, you know, the components of emotional intelligence. Now, I'm a psychologist, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the things I've done in my career is, you know, we test people's functional behaviors. You know, do they know how to go to the store? Do they know how to work on a job? Do they know how to follow instructions? You know, can they do certain things? Uh, you know, and that's their functional intelligence. You know, can they take a shower? Can they shave? Can they, uh, you know, do a checkbook? Uh, and then you talk about people's intellectual abilities. You know, do they, they understand mathematics? Do they understand uh, reading comprehension? Do, are they able to abstract information? What are their verbal skills? What are their nonverbal skills? Can they, you know, can they perform things quickly? Uh, mechanical tasks, all those kinds of things. But many years ago, um, a psychologist and science writer, Daniel Goldman, came up with this idea of emotional intelligence. And he said, all that stuff is good, you know, functional behaviors and intellectual abilities, but it's not very useful if you don't have social and emotional intelligence, if you can't put this into play and be aware of your surroundings and everything. And other uh, psychologists uh, like Sternberg also had the similar ideas, not to, you know, beat you over the head with names, but, you know, famous psychologists who had theories of intelligence. And, you know, they talked about functional abilities, intellectual abilities, and then these social emotional abilities and when you look at today's world and you look at yourself whatever stage you're at and you look at our society today areas that are contributing to loneliness with people in my opinion things that that are attributing to uh where people say this just doesn't make any sense how can you allow people to behave this way? Or how can you uh, see politicians behave this way? Or what's the matter with younger people? You know, you, you can't go on a college campus. They have to have a safe room or they have a trigger point or, you know, all of these, you know, non-coping kinds of abilities. Uh, I was, uh, you, know, uh, li- w- li- you know, watching something uh, the other day from a uh, family member's friend who experienced a loss. I'll just put it that way, the loss of a family member. And my, my goodness gracious, that's a very difficult thing when you grieve, but it's a normal process. I mean, you're gonna do that several times, you know, many times in your life. You're gonna grieve for a pet, you're gonna grieve for a parent, you might grieve for a child that dies, a spouse that dies, you may lose a job, you may lose a home. Hey man, that, you know, nobody gets out of life alive. So these, these are normal things. Uh, and yes, people get hit hard for them initially. And then part of the normal part of your, you know, your makeup as a human being or the training as a human being that you should have is the ability to be realistic and understand that these things happen, that, you know, these are normal emotions. And you allow yourself and understand that in time, these things will lessen and, you know, you're coping with them. But now we have situations where, you know, and and as there's always been to some extent, but now it seems to be of of, of an absurd proportion to me. Percentage of people who just, they just don't get that. This is going to go on forever. And and you see it manifest not just in grief. You see it where people, you know, they don't, they'll go into a store or supermarket, uh, you know, if they're at a mall or they're in, you know, people don't even shop in malls anymore. 
But if they're in a store, they're very inappropriate many times. They don't know, they don't say hello, excuse me. They'll wait behind you with a scowl on their face, but they don't know how to interact with you. And I guess my feeling is that combined with all the success of media and uh, media and styles of interaction where you're separate from somebody physically, you're breaking down all the normal uh, foundations of normal behavior. And, and I do mean normal behavior and a new norm is setting up and it's making people lonely. They're lacking social skills. So Daniel Goleman, you know, the guy who came up with this term emotional intelligence, he had, you know, many characteristics to it, but you know, what are some, you know, some basic ones? I wanted to go over that just a little bit in this show because uh, again, when I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the politics on TV, particularly tr- President Trump, particularly uh, people when they're at these rallies or people on both sides of the aisle or people on newscasting shows, you know, going over and over the same thing all the time. Well, I mean, we're seeing it right in front of our face, but people, what do I do about this? I mean, uh, or you're, you're seeing something happening in real time. There's nothing to debate. It's right there. It's like somebody shooting somebody in the head with a gun. You say, oh, yeah, it's a terrible thing. We just saw this guy shoot somebody. People are interpreting it. They, you know, they don't know how to process it. Uh, they're saying all kinds of things, uh, you know, that uh, just don't make any sense in terms of emotionally processing and emotional intelligence. So what were some characteristics that Goldman talked about? I think it's, it'd be real helpful as the week draws to a close and we see some crazy things in this country, and I bet you see it in yours or you see it in your family, or you're saying, what the hell is going on in my country? What's going on in my community or what's going on in my family? The first thing that emotionally intelligent people have is they have a sense of self-awareness. People with um, you know, a reasonable or high degree of emotional intelligence understand their own emotions and they don't let their feelings ruin, uh, rule them. And in psychology, there's a model called you think, you feel, you do. You, you can influence what you think, but sometimes thoughts will get in your head that just you know, are responses to things. You can't control all the things you think about, but you can influence it. Your feelings, you can influence them, but you, know, you feel what you feel. Your feelings are based on your perceptions. They're based on your thoughts. They're based on things that happen. By the time you're thinking about them, you've already experienced them. And the last part is the doing part is your behaviors. You know, now some behaviors are knee-jerk behaviors. Somebody throws a punch at you, your arm goes up, or you, you run away, or you go to block the punch. That's a reflexive thing. But most of the things we have choices over, and those are called volitional behaviors. And they're, they're related to your, self of, your sense of self-awareness, right? How many people do you see who are just not self-aware? It was like, um, you know, again, I'll use the political stuff. Uh, watching uh, the president in this meeting with the uh, president of Finland. I mean, the president was having a meltdown and he's totally inappropriate. I mean, the guy, the president of Finland was looking at this our president like he was out of his mind, which he was. And then our president comes from crazy comment, touches him on the leg, and you'll see the guy from Finland just push, swat his hand away. Like, get out of here, man. I mean, it, it was cringeworthy. It was like something that Larry David would do on Curb Your Enthusiasm, the favorite show. You know, it was that cringeability moment. So you get a guy like Trump, he lets his feelings rule him. Or you have other people at the Trump rallies, or you have people who are Democrats who hate Trump and everything else like that. 
they get rabid. They go crazy. Sometimes I get that way. I try, I try not to let my emotions just rule. I'm, I try to be very aware. I, I try. You know, I never wish death on the president or, uh, you know, harm on. I would wouldn't want to harm a hair on his head or his family or anybody else. Absolutely not. I, I, as much as I may detest their behaviors, no, no, and no. And that's because I'm aware of my feelings on those kind of things. And the second one, when you're emotionally intelligent, these are things I can remember teaching my kids when they were little kids. When we go to church or we go someplace, you know, it'd be moments for children or you'd meet somebody outside of an event and you'd say, somebody would say, this is Mr. Jones. It, you know, I'd say, this is my son, you know, Jonathan. Boom. Put your hand out. Shake the person's hand. Look them in the eye. You know, become self-aware of who you are. Understand your emotions. Understand who the per you know, that this is another person. They have feelings. They have concerns. They're not the enemy. So people who have positive self-emotion or understand, uh, you know, emotional intelligence, like I said, they're self-aware. And then they use self-regulation. That's where they can control their emotions and impulses. They don't have meltdowns. They don't go crazy uh, in front of other people. Now, we all do that from time to time when we become overwhelmed or we may be faced with some very new emotional situation. But for the most part, you know, those are things we should be aware of, work on on day, day, day by day basis. You know, like a self-improvement program, a self-awareness program, self-regulation program. I do that particularly as I get older because I have a lot more knowledge now uh, than I ever did. And sometimes I get too judgmental or I get too grabby. I get crabby. I become impatient with people. And I can't do that. I have to be aware of that. I have to you know, self-regulate that to, to realize that, uh, hey, man, other people have opinions that differ from you. That doesn't make them the enemy. You know, or I don't need to solve other people's problems. It's okay if somebody's upset. It's okay if I'm upset. It'll pass. And if it doesn't, uh, you know, I can get some help. Or speak to people or not be alone or, you know, uh, you know, or, or, you know, motivate myself to do things, to make things better. And that's the third one. People with high emotional intelligence, they have good motivation. They're willing to defer their immediate uh, you know, needs for long-term successes, okay? And, and that's like impulse control, you know? That's delay of gratification. Those are fundamental things. We don't do that with people anymore. Somebody gets nervous in a high school because you bring up a topic or something like that, and you have to start asking everybody's permission if you can talk about something. I think that's absurd, I think it's okay to warn people and say, hey, this is a sensitive kind of a thing, uh, you know, or this is, can be a disturbing kind of a thing. So, you know, just be prepared that this is a very adult conversation or whatever it is. And boom, go ahead with it. You're not going to kill anybody by, by talking about something. And if somebody's upset, somebody can be emotionally uh, intelligent enough to try and cope with it and realize this is the way the world is or say, hey, right now I'm, I'm not uh, capable of handling that, you know? But not to make this into some kind of a game that anything that causes discomfort, you know, requires us to, uh, you know, uh, have to take extraordinary measures or punish other people uh, or as you say that they're bad or this topic is uh, verboten. We can't talk about it. Those kinds of things. I think that's 
not the kind of emotional intelligence I want. I want to be able to talk about anything with people. I don't want to have to call uh, a female, uh, you know, some kind of a name or say, hey, you're just a feminist. You're just a bitch. You you know, I, I, I don't even know why. I'm, I don't know what term. I don't insult women, so I don't know what's a, a derogatory term to use. I'm very sorry. Those are the ones that I've seen people use, um, you know. I, I don't know what else to, to, to call that. I also don't want to be said that when I have an opinion that that's toxic masculinity or a misogynist or, you know, things like that, you know, this labeling, uh, that stuff, uh, I, I think is, uh, fundamentally emotionally unintelligent. Those are not the skills that we need. So we talked about self-awareness or I talked about self-awareness with you. We talked about being able to regulate your behavior, being able to be motivated to, you know, delay some gratification and teach these things to our kids. You know, be aware of them ourselves. And the other two are really simple. One, you, you see that the president doesn't have empathy. He's very selective with his empathy and most of it's he empathizes with himself and sees himself as a victim. He doesn't understand many times. I mean, you know, my Lord, you're the president of the United States. When you have a reporter up there, or you have somebody else. And yeah, they may be asking you questions, but you're the leader of the free world. You're beating the piss out of people. or You're making terrible comments about people. And people do that to him, too. When he's striking out, you know, uh, and, and being a wild man. Yeah, well, it's part of the game when you do that. But you also have to empathize a little bit. With somebody, you have to realize that, uh, you know, people can be on emotional overload. How would you be? Even if they deserve it. Even if they deserve it. So part of emotional intelligence is having emotional empathy with other people. And I guess the last part I wanted to go over for this show, just some things for people to be aware of. And I think all of these things contribute to the loneliness that I talked about that's so prevalent. Social skills. Social skills are things like saying please and thank you. Social skills are like being assertive. The show that I did yesterday, I said, no, that hamburger was, uh, you know, was undercooked. Could you please take that back? Thank you so much. You know? Or I think, you know, I, I have to return. This, this, you know, this doesn't fit. This doesn't work well. Or I brought my car in and, and I had it done. I, I, you know, it's not repaired properly. I'd like you to know I'm not going to pay any extra money, you know, because it wasn't repaired correctly the first time. If there's, you know, an additional repair, you know, I'll pay for that, but I'm not going to repay for the same thing that was done or blah, blah, blah. Or other kinds of social skills, knowing how to start a conversation, knowing how to disagree with somebody. Knowing how to ask somebody, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, for their help or assistance, knowing how to compliment people, knowing how to give a piece of feedback to people. You know, all kinds of things, knowing how to have people, you know, talk about themselves, know, you know, having the social skills on how to self-disclose things that are appropriate about yourself, that you don't meet somebody for the first time and you know, pour out, you know, all kinds of inappropriate things that, um, you know, what does that mean? Or too many things that you're not prepared for, you know? So those are some things, you know, what are some of the things that people find, you know, what are some characteristics of people that are emotionally intelligent too? People that are emotionally intelligent are people who are, are good at being change agents. They're people who help other people change. They're people who help other people grow. They're pretty good at doing that themselves. Like I said, they're self-aware, they're empathetic. They're not perfectionists. They're pretty realistic about things. 
And you know what the nicest thing about emotionally intelligent people, this is what I find, this is why they're not lonely, uh, generally. They're balanced, you know? That's the problem with the president, you know, the presidents and other people and extremists, whether they be, uh, you know, it, we see this in our country now, this extremism. There's no, there's a lack of balance. There's a lack of emotional intelligence with people. And emotionally intelligent people are curious and they're gracious. And when you're gracious, when you're curious, when you're balanced, when you're not a perfectionist, you're not judging everybody and you're empathetic and self-aware, you're generally a nice person to be around. And when you're a nice person to be around and you're not threatening, people are more apt to want to be with you, to invite you to these things that the people in Denmark found are nice. They're more apt to invite you to play a game with them. They're more you know, apt to invite you to join a group with them, to be a participant with them, to sit down and break bread with them. And those are the things, if you're feeling lonely... Those are the things that uh, maybe you want to do a little, uh, you know, a hit list and say, hey, maybe I haven't been self-aware. Maybe I'm a little too angry. and I'm not empathetic with other people. Maybe I'm too much of a perfectionist and I don't want to join this group or go to this church or go to this organization or eat this meal with anybody because everything uh, that that bar, that restaurant isn't so good. Well, who the hell cares? When I go out to eat with my friends, I like a nice meal, but that's not the point of really going out as the meal. It's nice to have some good chow, but the point is to be out with them. That I get to be with some people who like me and that I like, and it makes me feel good. It's one of the reasons I love to do these podcasts, <clears throat> because I feel that I'm a change agent. There's people who call me up all the time or write me a message and say, gee, that show really helped me out. You know, I really feel good about that. Uh, I, the shows make me more self-aware of things. I mean, I could come out here and just browbeat you or just try and say, you know, you know, uh, things from one perspective. I mean, it's very obvious. I'm not, a, you know, in favor of, uh, you know, my country, the Republican Party or, you know, President Trump. But I've voted Republican before. And I'm sure that I might again, if there a person was a good candidate. But, but I'm aware that there are other people who have different uh, perspectives on things. And, you know, I try to be empathetic towards other people. I have to work on sometimes on not being so much of a perfectionist with things. But, you know, this show, the podcasting uh, is good. Not You know, this is one of the reasons I don't edit the shows, believe it or not. I want these shows to be like a, a conversation uh, that you and I would be having together. And if you listen to my shows where I have guests, that's why I'm so fascinated by them. It's wonderful to be with them. And I think the shows are pretty balanced. I think I should, I think they show some curiosity and I hope that the shows show that I'm gracious. So I'm just giving you those kind of things as an example. I hope you find that when you're listening to the show and there's some things for you and I to think about. And again, if we have kids, if we have grandkids, if we have spouses, if we have other friends and they're not that way, maybe it's something that you want to have a discussion about it. So, you know, and, and again, if you're feeling lonely, some things to check out. So anyway, that's what I've been thinking about today. And I hope you enjoyed this show. It's a little bit of a self-help show, a little bit of a personal awareness show. But um, it's a nice change from um, just something funny 
or something profound or just something in uh, the public events. There's a lot of things we all think about. And this is one that uh, really got my curiosity today. So, you know, the grass always looks greener in Denmark and Finland and other places and other neighborhoods. And when you look on Facebook and you see somebody traveling all over the world, you may be uh, in a little town someplace and you know, you're just coming home to your cat and uh, a dirty kitchen floor. Well, you know something, if you have good health, if you have good friends, if you have some of these skills here, if, uh, you know, your life is right with the universe or you believe in the good Lord like I do, uh, life is pretty good. And uh, it's good to know that. And that's part of that emotional intelligence out there. So you all have a good day. If you like this show, please rate and review the show and feel free to subscribe. And if you're interested in becoming a patron to Just Thinking, if you like shows like this, we want to get out, you know, put the shows out on bigger formats, which cost more money and uh, do some other things, which cost a little bit more money. Uh, what enables me to do that is if you uh, become a, a patron of the show you'll still get all your free shows that you get here and there's some other things with that but if you're interested in becoming a patron you can go to www.patreon.com and uh, slash stan wangland and uh, you you can become a patreon okay well thank you very much and i'll be knocking out another show and uh, catching you with that on uh, saturday and sunday or the, the bare minimum sunday so you be safe this weekend and you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Okay, bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. Please feel free to follow and subscribe on whichever podcasting service you use for your podcasting needs and give us a rating and review for Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin. And also you can check Stan out on Twitter. It's at S. Wanglin. That's at S. Wanglin. W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D on Twitter. And you can also follow all the great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network on our Instagram page, Reality Check Podcast Network, or on our Twitter, at our podcast network on Twitter. And if you are interested in advertising or sponsoring your products, your services on this show, all you have to do is hit me up at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com and find out about the great rates to advertise on shows like Just Thinking with Stan Wanglin and the many, many more great shows on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? 
Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.